Welcome to this week's edition of Sales Continuum, and here's your host, Tony Venari. Welcome back, listeners. I'm going to get straight into it today because I've had two woeful customer experiences this week, and these have made me ask the question, why does customer service seem to be declining these days? Firstly, let's examine what happened in these two events. It's every business person's hope that when they look after associations, sporting clubs, and other similar organizations, that the memberships of those bodies will support their business by bringing more opportunities to their door. So you can imagine my surprise when I visited a business that supported one of the community groups to which I belong with some good pricing and a healthy degree of flexibility that I was not made to feel more welcome. In fact, it was quite the opposite. Despite having been recognized by that business as connected to the community group, my modest request was greeted with the too hard basket. Minimum quantities, too fiddly a job, I'm not even sure I have enough time to do this, were some of the reasons thrown at me to get me to walk out the door. Now don't get me wrong here, I was prepared to pay a premium for what I needed given that my request wasn't exactly stock standard. But there wasn't even a serious effort to explore options and find out if there was a way to look after me as a potential new customer, notwithstanding the community group connection. I walked out of that shop shaking my head in disbelief, mainly because I went out of my way to support a business that had looked after our community group. I simply thought that I was doing the right thing. I was wrong. Contrast this with the phone call I made to another supplier of the same services that I had used before. I explained what I needed and his reply was, drop by and we'll work out how to get it done. The second example was a call to a telco to make some changes to my group plan. Aside from the fact that I'm dealing with an offshore call center, the agent spent more time and energy telling me what couldn't be done instead of exploring options to find a solution that is as close to what I needed as possible. Now he made the mistake of telling me that if I was upgrading a plan or if I was a new customer, he could help. I responded with, so what you're telling me is my customer loyalty spanning 27 years counts for nothing? Is that right? His reply, wait for it. It makes no difference how long you've been with us, I can't give you the same deal as a new customer. As with the previous example, there was no effort to find some suitable compromise. I guess rules are rules, eh? Wow, this second instance is a prime example of where the marketing hype doesn't match the customer experience. Think of the millions of dollars the telcos sink into marketing and customer acquisition every year, only to have the customer service team poke a gaping hole in the bucket, allowing customers to leak out to the competition. This significantly weakens the return on investment of those marketing dollars, although a business might not always measure customer churn against marketing effort. 
It's the prime job of customer service teams to actually serve customers, to find ways of rewarding the customer's decision to choose them in the first place. To do this successfully requires a customer-centric or customer-first mentality. And if policy gets in the way of such mentality, then policy needs to be reviewed and indeed changed if that's what it takes to keep business flow as net positive. So here are my questions for you to consider. How well equipped are your customer service people to take ownership of a customer matter and see it through to its conclusion? If your customer service policy isn't single touch, what needs to change in your business to make this a reality? In what ways is your customer service department making it more difficult for your marketing and sales teams to achieve their goals? How can you change the mindset and the behavior of your customer service people from can't do to let's find a way to get it done? And how do you measure customer churn in your business? You know, on several occasions over the years, I've been called in to conduct sales training only to discover during my diagnostic evaluation that the more pressing issue is customer retention. Churn is real and it can be controlled when customer service people have been well trained in retention strategies. On these occasions, I've switched the intended project from sales training to customer service training to minimize churn. To do anything else would have been a waste of my client's money. So to wrap this up, I'd say now is a good time to review the impact of your customer service methods and standards to determine if they are helping or hindering your business. I just want to let everyone know that one of the services that is available through my business is a remote working assessment. Through a straightforward questionnaire, we are able to help a business understand precisely how somebody is working at home. We assess it across eight different factors, eight different areas, and you receive a report that says, this particular person works this way at home. This is how they are coping. Here are the areas that they need extra support on. And the report provides you with recommendations on how to work with them effectively. If you want to know more, reach out to me at valueselling.academy and I'll be in touch with you and happily share with you how that process works and what value you can derive from it. Listeners, I'm honoured to have been invited to be an inaugural board member of the Be Unstoppable Foundation. This is a not-for-profit organisation devoted to delivering proactive personal development in the area of mental health. There'll be programs promoting a positive psychology approach uh, to help people develop a resilient mindset conducive to a strong mental attitude and, and foster healthy interpersonal relationships. Now, the aim of the foundation is to make these programs available to those who might not otherwise be in a position to avail themselves of such PD opportunities. Initially, our board will be establishing the charitable and deductible gift recipient status of the foundation, 
And of course, we're on the lookout for supporters to ensure that we can deliver successful programs to people who need it most. And so I have something to ask of you, my loyal listeners. If you or a business you know, if you desire to become a supporter, please contact me for more information and together we can make 2021 the turning point towards positive mental health. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Remember to download and subscribe and please rate the podcast. Until then, take care, stay safe.